Thank you for joining us on Sunday mornings at Frisco Church. Good morning. I wish this lapel wasn't so close to my heart because I'm pretty sure you guys could hear it beating right now. And you're not supposed to tell people when you're nervous, right? But, like, I want you guys to know how serious, like, I, how, how serious I take this opportunity. Like, this is so humbling to me. Um, you know, when people receive awards and stuff, they're like, this is so humbling. And you're like, yeah, right. Like, you've never been more prideful than when you receive that award. Like, no, like, I'm so humbled to have this opportunity because I don't feel like I deserve it. <laughs> like, God's word and the delivery of his word is such a serious matter. And so I don't take this lightly this morning. Thankfully, I feel like the Lord has a word for us. Um, if I didn't feel that way, I really wouldn't want to be up here right now. But I know that, that God has given me a word for this morning. In fact... About three weeks ago, I had a dream that I believe was about this morning, um, and something cool really happens, okay? So hopefully, if we can all just be on the edge of our seats and stay expectant, right, then we can see something amazing um, take place today, okay? So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the book of Acts, okay? And if I had to title this message, I'm not normally one to title messages, but in honor of Matt Snyder, I would call this message Back to Acts. Back to Acts. Okay? And I've just been, lately I've just been intrigued with the book of Acts and all of the stories that we see in this book. It's insane. Whenever you start looking through the book of Acts, right, it's insane. And if my laptop falls, that would not be cool. It's insane the things that happen in the book of Acts, right? It's one thing to read the gospel, the gospels, and you see the Son of God, Jesus Christ, doing miracles, right? Over and over and over again. And John said, books, you know, you, you could fill up the world with books and they still wouldn't contain all the things that Jesus Christ did, all the miracles that he did, all the works that he did. But then you go to the book of Acts, right? And these men... They aren't the Christ, the Messiah. They aren't part of the, the Godhead, the Trinity. They're not Jesus. They're people like us. In the book of Acts, over and over again, we see them do thing, the, the very same things that Jesus did and even greater things. And what the book of Acts says to me is that those miracles, those signs and wonders the life of holiness and boldness and dedication to the gospel and passion. That was not just for Jesus the Christ. That was for normal human beings who call themselves believers. And so that's what I want to talk to us about today. I want to challenge us. And by the end of this, I want us to be running out of those doors to go minister the gospel with power. It was Paul that said, Basically, I don't have any eloquent words to give, but I demonstrate the Holy Spirit and the power thereof. 
And if we can have the Holy Spirit and His power, what else do we need? We don't need apologetics. We don't need science. I don't need to sit down with a textbook and prove to you why the gospel is true. But I can lay my hands on the sick and they recover. And then what are you going to say? The power of God. And we see this in the book of Acts. So often, so often the things that we read about in the book of Acts, we don't see in our own lives. Why? Right? It's the age old question. Why don't we see the things that they used to see in the scripture? Why don't we see the things that they saw at the turn of the century in the the revivals that broke out across the United States? Why don't we it's always why don't we see the things we used to see? This morning I want to propose a few reasons why maybe, just maybe, we don't see the things that we should be seeing. And let me just throw in a little aside right here really quick. Some people are. Some people are seeing the things that they saw in the book of Acts. Some people are seeing crazy miracles every single day. And I want to tell you why. Or why I think. This morning I'm going to give you three B's. Okay? Three B's. Number one reason why maybe we don't see everything that they saw in the book of Acts. Number one is our belief. Our belief. Okay, it's very, this is probably the most simple point that I have this morning. Belief, right? Jesus says over and over again in the Gospels, if you believe, right? In Matthew chapter 17, let's turn there this morning. Matthew 17. So there's this epileptic boy, and his father comes to Jesus, and he says, you know, Master, my son, he has epilepsy, he has, he has this demon that's constantly tormenting, it's trying to throw him in the water and trying to throw him in the fire, it's, it's going to take his life. And he says, I brought, I brought this boy to your disciples, and they couldn't cure him. Now this is interesting, because this is the one time in Scripture where we see that the disciples could not accomplish something that Jesus had commissioned them to do. So we need to take notes from this passage, amen? This is the one time in Scripture where they can't do it. They don't see the results. He says, I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't do it. And what does Jesus say? Bring the boy to me. I love that. Oh, that's fine. Bring him to me. And what does he do? He rebukes the demon. And in a moment, everything changes for this little boy, right? And the disciples go to him later, and they say, they say, Jesus, why could we not cast it out? Why didn't it work for us? You told us, because look, in Matthew chapter 10, In Matthew chapter 10, it says that Jesus gave the disciples authority over every unclean 
um, spirit and over all diseases. Matthew chapter 10, right at the beginning of the chapter. So they had the authority, they had the commission from Christ to do this, but why didn't it happen? Well, Jesus tells us. He says, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. Right? So what does he say? He says, because of what? Because of what? Because of your unbelief. And we see this theme over and over again in Scripture. Luke chapter 17, verse 6. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, Jesus said, you'll say to that tree, be cast into the sea, and what will happen? The tree will be cast into the sea. But what does he say right at first? If you have faith. If you have faith. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do. And greater works than these he will do. But what does he say right at the beginning of that? He who believes in me. He who believes in me. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, believing you will receive. Okay, so what's the point? Whenever we believe, things happen. And whenever things aren't happening, we have to ask ourselves, do we truly believe? Do we truly believe? So number one, a reason why maybe we don't see everything that the apostles saw in the book of Acts, our belief. Our belief. Number two, Number two, boldness. Boldness. What good does it do us to have faith that can move mountains but not have boldness to step out? Right? It doesn't do us a lot of good. What uh, James says, you know, what good does it do if you see someone who's hungry And you say, oh, God bless you, be warmed and be filled. But then you don't do anything about it. You've got the means to solve the problem, and you say, God bless you, be warmed and filled. Right? And he's talking about this idea that faith without works is dead. Right? Faith without works is rendered useless. We can believe all that we want, but if we don't have the courage and the boldness to act then where's that faith going to get us? You see what I'm saying? Whenever we pair faith and works, big belief and big boldness, look out. Things are going to happen. So often, in fact, let's go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, 
verse 17. And these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Again, these signs will follow them that believe. So once again, there's a conditional promise here to those who believe. But going on, it says, In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. What an amazing promise, right? That this is one of the signs that will follow believers. Are you a believer? Yeah. So we can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. Right? But what comes before the sick recovering? The statement right before. They will lay hands on the sick. They will lay hands on the sick. And this is where our boldness comes in. Right? Because perhaps you have the faith to see the sick healed. But if you don't have the boldness to lay hands on the sick, then you're never going to see the sick healed. Right? If a baseball player stands there with the bat, who's a really good hitter? Albert Pujols? Is he still good? I remember he was like all that way back in the day. But if he just stood there with the bat and watched every pitch, It doesn't matter anymore that he's Albert Pujols. Because if he doesn't swing the bat, he's not going to hit a home run. Right? And so often, some of us in here, we may have the faith to see the miraculous, but we lack the boldness to even try. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And so often, and I need to apologize to the Bible College everyone who was at AFBC this week, because some of this I shared in a message that I preached there. But so often, we say, we tell ourselves, okay, let's, let's just say, for example, I'm, I'm walking through Walmart, okay? I'm walking through Walmart, and I see a woman with crutches. And I think, man, I should really go pray for her. To be healed. You know, because the Bible says that that stuff can happen. I should really go pray for her. Well, often there's this thought that comes up within us that says, well, but what if nothing happens? Right? What if she doesn't get healed? You know, what's that going to do to God's name? What kind of example is that going to set? And we have all these excuses, right? And we say that we're afraid of Well, what if nothing happens? But what happens if you don't pray? Nothing. (laughs) Right? So whenever you don't don't pray, you're guaranteeing the thing that you said was keeping you from praying. The truth of the matter is, in my opinion, the reason that we don't pray for people so often is not because we're afraid that nothing will happen. We're afraid what will look like if nothing happens. Right? It reveals a selfish ambition in us 
that we're afraid, am I going to look weird? Am I going to look crazy if I step out in faith and this person doesn't get healed? The fact of the matter is, they're not going to care. They don't think it's going to work anyway. Whenever you go up to people, and I've done this, you go up to people and you're like, hey, ma'am, can I pray for you? They're like, sure. And I'm like, you know, I see that you've got a leg brace or whatever. Can I pray for that? And they're like, yeah, uh, sure, why not? And then you pray and they're just kind of like twiddling their thumbs like, yeah, I've seen this before. Nothing ever works. Right? They're not expecting it to work. You're not letting them down. The question is, what if something did happen? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I've seen that too. And I've been just as surprised as them sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, what? That works? There's something about there's something about taking Jesus at his word. <laughs> Sometimes we can not be so sure about it, but like whenever we step out in faith and we believe with simple childlike faith what the word of God says and we act, stuff happens. It does. I was in, I was in the store one day and there was this woman who she was looking at her Apple watch. And I was kind of in this season of my life where I had been in the store a lot, and they got to know me a little bit. And anyway, I walked up to this woman. I said, excuse me, ma'am. Hey, do, you know, this is super random. Do you have anything I can pray with you about? And she said, actually, yeah. She said, I've got this bump on my wrist. See, what I didn't know is that's what she was looking at whenever I walked up. I thought she was looking at her Apple Watch. She said, I've got this bump on my wrist. So literally, as I'm walking up, she's looking at it, and she says, she says, you can pray for that. I don't know what it is. It, like, I just now noticed it, some sort of growth or something. And I said, yeah, absolutely, we can pray for that. And so I prayed for her or whatever. A short, simple prayer, right? Childlike faith. God, you say that if I ask in faith, it will be done. Right? Speak to the mountain with faith and it will move. And so I said a quick prayer, probably something like, you know, God, I thank you for this encounter with so-and-so. And I just declare right now, in Jesus' name, wrist, you be healed. That simple. Probably something like that. And she looks down at her wrist and she's like, <laughs> like, she just like starts laughing. Like, what? Like, what just happened? Like, it's completely gone. And after that, she told me how her daughter had been getting into church and how, you know, she had been taking the Bible really seriously and how they were Christians, but hadn't really been taking things. Whoa, that's going. You guys can warn me if that's about to fall. <laughs> anyway, so I got to tell her about, you know, how this... How the gospel, it's not just religion, right? But it's transformation and how God wants to change our lives and make us ministers that carry His Spirit everywhere we go and these signs shall follow them that believe, right? This isn't just something I'm preaching to you this morning, but this is something that's changed my life. And I feel like 
I wouldn't be doing the topic justice if I didn't tell you that I've failed a million times too. Because once again, the fact of the matter is Silas is learning to walk slowly but surely. And when a, when a toddler, well, not toddler, that would say that he's walking already. When a baby <laughs> is learning to walk, it is inevitable they're going to fall down. Right? But I guarantee you that whenever Silas falls down, that Austin doesn't pick him up and spank him and say, bad boy, you fell. Right? No, but if he takes that first step and falls, what do we do? We go, yay! Yay, you took a step. Right? And sometimes we're afraid as believers to step out for fear of falling, but God is like a loving Father and He wants to see us try even though sometimes it doesn't work out exactly like we envision it. And He's cheering us on. Good job, you took a step. Good job. And sometimes I've felt like Silas whenever I'm learning to walk in the Spirit. I remember one time I went into the store and there was a worker and, and she was there like stocking the produce. And I felt, like, I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit. Has anybody felt like they heard the Holy Spirit? Yes. I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit and I went up to her and I said, ma'am, I said, do you have pain in your back? And you know what she said? Nope. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I probably said, like, Jesus loves you. <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> and God was like, oh, look at him. So cute. <laughs> and there was another time that me and Austin were in Walmart. And we ran into this guy that we went to church camp with whenever we were really little. And he was like, I felt like he had like earrings and was tatted up and stuff and I thought I heard the Holy Spirit, right? And I said, dude, I said, this is totally uh, a divine, what do you call it? A divine uh, appointment. Yeah, that's the word. This is totally a divine appointment, man. Like God Put all three of us here right now on purpose. We all went to church camp together. And I said, man, this is God's cry to you. Like, please, return to me. <laughs> and he's the whole time he's just like smiling, looking at me like, yeah, nodding his head. Like, yeah, this is awesome. And then he's like, dude. He's like, dude, you guys are awesome. He said, I just came back from IHOP in Kansas City. And he said, uh, we've been doing this like every day and it's amazing to see other people like going out and ministering. 
And so I probably just told a guy who's ten times more sold out than me that he needs to return to Jesus, right? So. <laughs> and there are times, so there's, there's times we step out, right? And it doesn't work out quite right. But you know what? The honest truth, you never know what was going on in his life. That's the honest truth. And I have to remind myself, like the Holy Spirit might have actually spoken that to me. And had I heard what he said soon thereafter, I might have never spoken that word. So there is a possibility. I'm leaning toward, it's probably a bad word, but there's a possibility, right? The, the thing is, I stepped out and I tried, right? And that's how you learn to hear the Spirit of God. It's by stepping out. You learn to hit a baseball out of the park by swinging the bat. You learn to walk by taking steps and falling. It's how we learn. But so often we lack the boldness to step out for fear of failure. But when we don't step out, we guarantee what we already have. And that's nothing. We need bold believers. We need believers who are willing to step out in Walmart. Who are willing to step out in the warehouse, on the job site. Who are willing to step out when it's inconvenient. When it's scary. We need boldness. We were in Guatemala and on our on a missions trip a couple years back. And this was with the Bible College. And we were we were in Guatemala and we had two teams and um, so we split up, and each team had had an interpreter, Spanish interpreter, and you guys know Dan Corral. He was interpreting for me, and we go out there, and I told Dan I got to stretch Dan's boldness, because I told him I said, "Hey, for some reason you get more boldness whenever you're being translated for. I don't know what the deal is with that, but like." I told, so I go, we, out, we go out there and I tell Dan, I said, hey, Dan, make an announcement that we're going to be praying for the sick. And I said, and then tell some of the testimonies of what we've seen already. Right? So he goes out and he, he's, I tell him and he's like, right now you want me to say this? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, say it right now. And so he, he gets everyone's attention, you know, excuse me, we're going to be praying for the sick. And he says, you know, we've seen several headaches healed, whatever, this and that. And we had several people come up for prayer, but one lady in particular, and, and this story is just engraved in my head forever. And she comes up, and she's got, for, for whatever reason, she's got limited mobility in her right arm. And I don't know if she fell off something or what happened, but, but she had damage in her arm. And so we start praying for this woman, and I'm standing here, and Dan's standing here, and she's standing here. 
because he's interpreting for us and, and we're praying. And I thought I heard the Holy Spirit. And I said, Dan, and I, and I don't do this, I, I've actually never done this before, this point, and I've never done it since that point. And I said, Dan, I said, ask her if she feels a warmth in her arm. And as I'm telling him to ask her this, she starts speaking something to him in Spanish. Okay, so I'm talking in English at the same time that she's talking in Spanish. And Dan, poor Dan, is standing in the middle, like, trying to comprehend us both. And he just kind of looks both directions and goes, yes. Whenever I was telling Dan in English to ask her if she felt a warmth in her arm, she was telling him in Spanish that she was feeling a warmth in her arm. Right? <laughs> it's insane what God can do with our boldness, what God can do with our belief, if we'll just let Him. And there's countless other stories I could tell of people that I know seeing amazing things. At the Bible College, Austin, y'all counted it up last year, right? We were seeing like a miracle a week on average. These things are still happening today. So if they're not happening in your life, you have to ask yourself why. Why not? Do I lack belief? Do I lack boldness? Number three. Do I lack the baptism of the Holy Spirit? This is the third difference that maybe there is in some of us between us and those who are in the book of Acts seeing these amazing things. Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And just really quickly, for those of us who maybe aren't as familiar with what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, I just want to explain just a couple of things really quickly to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> if you disagree, that's fine. Like, I'm not just saying that. Like, it's okay if we disagree. Not the end of the world. It's okay. The Holy Spirit is in me. He's in you. He's working out, teaching us truth every day. It's going to be all right. So, if you disagree, that's fine. But the way that I feel like the Lord has revealed this to me, okay, whenever we are born again, we receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? Do you believe that? Some of you are like, let me hear the rest of what you have to say. But John chapter 20, okay? John chapter 20, I don't need to turn there. John chapter 20, Jesus says to the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, first he says uh, something about peace. John, Chase, can you find that? I, I, let me just turn there. That's fine. Is that where he says, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives? Yeah, he says, verse 21, John chapter 20, verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Okay, so Jesus says, hey, I'm, I bring you peace. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Commissions them, right? And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit, and he breathes on them. This is a picture of if we go all the way back to the beginning, whenever God formed man from the dust and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. That's what, I don't know why he chose the nostrils, but that's what the Bible says. <laughs> he breathes the breath of life into man at the very beginning. And what do we see here? That Jesus, whenever he fulfills the, the old covenant and the law, and, and he, he rises from the dead, right? He comes to the disciples and he says, there's peace now. You have peace with God. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit, and he breathes on them. This is like our born-again experience. Now that seems kind of crazy because obviously the disciples had been following Jesus for a few years by that point. Right? But they weren't born again yet because Christ hadn't died and, and rose again. Right? They, they couldn't have had the, their very nature changed. They couldn't have been changed from the inside out like we are whenever we're born again until Christ died and raised from the dead. Does that make sense? And so he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Boom. The disciples are born again. New creations. Darkness turned to light. The old man has become new. Right? But we know that later on in Scripture, in Acts chapter 2, the disciples received the Holy Spirit again. But in a different way. Right? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the nations, uh, making disciples of them, teaching them to obey whatsoever I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth, or end of the world. And he says, he says in uh, Luke 24, last chapter of Luke, he says, tarry in Jerusalem. Wait in Jerusalem until you've received the promise from the Father. Okay? Well, what's that promise that he's talking about? It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 2, the disciples are all there, along with other people, and... The Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin to speak with tongues and prophesy. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's different. That's my whole point here. There's the indwelling and there's the baptism. Think about it like think about it like drinking water. So if I, I've been drinking a gallon of water a day Okay, so imagine if I stood up here and chugged a gallon of water. Okay, that's like my born-again experience. Now imagine if I was submerged in water, and this is just a picture to help us maybe understand a little bit better. If I was submerged in water, that's like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, does that maybe clear things up? There's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we experience at salvation. And then Jesus said, you will be endued, which means clothed with, Power 
from on high after you've received the Holy Spirit. Okay? So think of it that way. That might help us a little bit. And I know it's not quite that black and white, but maybe that'll help us understand. There's a difference between the indwelling and the baptism. Okay? And if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there are several, several reasons why you should. The boldness that we talked about earlier. Right? Think about Peter. Whenever Jesus was crucified, Peter denied Jesus. Peter ran and hid along with all the other disciples. They hid. And then in Acts chapter 2, right after Peter is baptized with the Holy Spirit, he stands up and preaches a message and thousands of people are healed. And he says at one point, Jesus whom you crucified, God has made to be both Lord and Christ. Which tells me that there were people there who were dangerous to Peter. And yet he stands up with this boldness and proclaims, yes, the person you just crucified and and you beat him beyond recognition more than any other man has ever been beaten. He is the Christ. And Peter stands there and endorses this person who is just brutally killed. And he's not afraid of the consequences. Right? Peter before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and Peter after. There's boldness, right? Jesus said, and I already mentioned it, He said, you'll be endued with power from on high. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power. Oh, I was quoting the wrong one. I think I was in Luke 24. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You shall receive power. That word power there means miracle working power. It's the word dunamis in the Greek, if I remember correctly. Miracle working power. You shall, you can read it like this. You shall receive miracle working power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So for some of us, what we're missing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you aren't seeing the things that they were seeing in the book of Acts. So to close today, Maybe some of us are missing some faith, some belief. Maybe some of us are missing some boldness. Maybe you do believe. Maybe you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you just need the courage to step out and to try. And don't fear failure. Maybe some of us this morning need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just want to say to you that today, God is here to do any one of those things for you.